Okay. Leaving that in. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pixelist Podcast, the podcast about all the nerdy things we love and enjoy. As always, we're your hosts, Will, Blake, Blake, and uh, today we're talking Wizard, Witch, and the Wild One, which <clears throat> I don't want to launch into the same exact spiel I gave in our really? recent Critical Role <laughs> episode, but in that one, I touched on the fact that it's been a while, mm-hmm. so similarly, Feels like it's been a while since we've talked uh, WWW, even though, I mean, I, I guess it's the typical two week break, but it, it just feels longer. Yeah. And the episodes, yeah, the episodes are every two weeks. And I guess we're like, we just kind of slate it in when we can. But yeah, we're the day before a new app, which is a lot more on brand for us, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're trying but to be better. Maybe one day. One day. One day. So how are you today, my friend? I'm good, dude. I We, I, we just spoke about this a little bit, but the rain is actually starting to come down now where I'm at. So I've got this nice kind of rainy day vibe. Um, a little cozy vibe for our episode today. Exactly. I made a cup of coffee. It's on the brink of being too late, but because it's raining, I was like, I'm going to do it. I think so. you should just accept who you are. You know, you're a second cup afternoon cup kind of guy. I am. I am. I am. Okay. But I have a I have a three o'clock cutoff and we're it's 320 right now. But so, OK, you know. Bit of an so you exception. don't really have a three o'clock three o'clock cutoff then. I it's an it's a special <laughs> exception. <laughs> but no, not really. I mean, I'll break it for sure. It's just a it's a general rule, you know. Yeah, sure. But yeah. yeah. But how you I doing? Do it. I was gonna say all I was gonna say was I could break it for like a tasty cup of coffee. Like my wife will make me like a um a little cold brew with a little bit of foam on top, some Ooh. chocolate in there. Y'all you know? have a frother? We do. It's like, yeah. I mean, I only I drink my coffee black, so I, I guess I can't really say this, but it's a game changer. At least a- Ashley loves it. So it's, yeah. it always seems so fancy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, other than that, I'm good. I'm good. You know, it's I've already complained to you about other things that are <laughs> happening. So no, no sense retreading old grounds. But um, is that a, is that a saying? Is that an announcement? Did I just? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's like. it makes sense you know it was a sentence yeah (laughs) we got that much so but um no i'm excited for www today and um cr i've seen a little bit of it we had a pretty cool moment in the last cr episode um and we got diablo season one dropping on thursday which i'm excited about too oh i thought it was tomorrow for some reason thursday patches patches tomorrow so it'll be like live on the eternal realms mm. but like the seasonal content won't open till thursday gotcha. afternoon gotcha okay so yeah <clears throat> lot and then yeah yeah lot lot going on and also um i mentioned this i think in our critical role coverage but i know we have a probably a slightly different audience for this compared to that so i'll say it here as well um any jutsu kaisen fans out there i've uh i've launched into breaking down the season two episodes thus far i haven't really I don't, I don't think we have any jjk fans in our audience yet so if you are come join me um because yeah season two has been great and uh if you don't even know what i'm talking about it's an anime season two just started um if you're at all interested in that kind of thing i would highly recommend it obviously start with season one if so but yeah, uh, see, we got season two airing, and if you are familiar with us from the Vox Machina breakdowns we did, I'm doing the same type of thing for this. So. It's funny, though. I saw your breakdown, and then like the algorithm is feeding me now because uh, I, there's a guy I like to watch on YouTube. Who, he's like a home chef, and he does like these like very like um, relaxing like 30-minute videos mm-hmm. where he like makes this amazing meal but yeah. he's like he doesn't talk at all so it's kind of asmr asking yeah. of like the sound of like cracking the egg and all that kind of stuff right but um on my recent or on uh, my suggested it was him doing a meal from jujutsu kaisen oh really is and it, i thought is it like babish it, no, it's not Babish. Okay, it's, I mean, um, yeah, you're, the way you described it didn't sound like him, but I know Babish like yeah, makes things Babish, from Babish. Yeah, he does. Yeah, but this was another guy okay. who's pretty well known for like his style. Um, I didn't click on the video; I just saw it on my suggested and yeah. was like, "I see you, Google." 
So, well, I was gonna yeah. say if if you're just on, I'll find the link and I'll send it to you. Okay, yeah. I was gonna say though, if you're on just the Pixelist YouTube, it's probably just because of stuff I'm watching too, you know. Oh, yeah. But you might have been on your own personal. I, I, I don't know. know. I don't but, know. Anyway, um, thank you guys for listening. As me and Will just explored this <laughs> totally random segue. <laughs> exactly. Anywho, well, um, any other announcements, or you want to? Should we dive in? I think I'm ready to get going. Cool. Well, my friends, uh, for this episode of Wizard Witch and the Wild One, we always like to start out with a little bit of a recap because episodes can be so long. So if you're tuning in to just the recap, we do cut this out and put it as a separate um, video on YouTube. Uh, So if that's where you are in the description, you can find the link to the whole episode discussion, which we'll break it down and talk about what we loved about it, what we think about it. So having said that, um, this is episode 10 of The Wizard, the Witch, and the Wild One of the Reaching Green. The episode is going to open up with Ursulon, who's just finished uh, recovering Naram's sword, Wavebreaker, from um, Will Gallows. And he's proudly, um, somewhat drunkenly, making his way back to the Chantry, uh, where he goes back to his room and uh, finds a bottle of wine before falling asleep in a chair. Uh, Notably not falling asleep in a bed, a little detail of our spirit friends. Um, we also jump over to Suvi, who we find out, although she's been told to do nothing till Steel arrives, uh, she's unable to sleep in the governor's mansion and ultimately decides to head back to the Chantry as well, where she finds her room, the door off its hinges, splintered, broken into, and finds a note from Ame, who had come in there to talk to her, <laughs> uh, basically saying... Hey, I went after the fox. He's going to go see Orima. And this note is sort of like thumbnailed, um, or it's not an expression. It's placed <laughs> in it's placed in a section of the book that talks about Naram's the gifts given to Naram, including Wavebreaker. Suvi sees this, freaks out, rushes over to Ursulan's room, wakes him up, and is like, we have to go. Like, shows the book. And it's like, we, ha- we have to go. Um, and then she's like, wait a second, you have Waybreaker. Like, what happened? And Ursulan is very proudly like, yeah, Will Gallows likes me. He thinks I'm a big deal now. <laughs> um, but despite that, uh, Subi's like, all right, well, we got to go help um, Ami. We have to go after her. So they get up and they rush out into the dark of night to help uh, Ame and recover the fox. Ame, meanwhile, is um, heading to the edge of Port Talon and is asking the fox, hey, where are you? And the fox is like, the fox gives some directions as a fox would, like follow the rabbit trail, and it's not helpful at all. But ultimately, the fox is pretty unwilling to help because the fox is worried, hey, if you find me, you're going to make me come back. And like I'm keeping to his last episode line, I'm going to have you do what you really should be doing, what you want to be doing. Um, So Ame continues, she stows away in the back of a wagon, that is carrying uh, the witch fire, I think the salt or something to that effect, yeah. out into the area outside of Port Talon. And once she's out there, it is effectively a barren wasteland. Um, Brennan describes just the entire earth has been desolated by this witch fire and there's no green in sight. Um, it's so smoky and difficult to breathe that she actually puts on one of the um, witchfire um, veils, I think is what it was called, yeah. uh, before finally ducking out of the wagging, wagon and heading into the um, kutsu that is growing up outside of this um, burnt area. And uh, the kutsu, I'll just call it sort of the kutsu forest or jungle, because Effectively, um, everything has been overtaken. She can't find any sign of like old buildings or even like life in the sense of um, Brennan describes this kutsu as being so thickly overgrown and in some cases, 40, 50, 60 feet tall. Uh, Meanwhile, um, Suvi and Ursulan also make it to the wall. They get there and they're like, well, like, aren't we just allowed to leave? Like, why do we need to like stow away in something? So they go up to the guards And they're like, well, let's actually have some kind of cover. So Ursula's like, hey, my pregnant wife uh, or my pregnant sister wants to go back home to, I think it was Lambry or something like that, and um, to recover some like old family heirlooms. And the guards are like, first of all, it's three in the morning. Like, why why are you guys leaving at this time? And second of all, hate to say it, but 
Lambry is totally gone. Like all of the city, everything outside of the city is totally gone. Um, there's this back and forth of like the guards being like, I can't like, like rightfully let you leave. Maybe very wrong of me. And Ursula's basically like, Hey, can you at least open the gate so she can see the desolation and realize there really is no hope. So they open the gate and then, um, <laughs> Suvi just decides to just, uh, run for it. And so she just starts <laughs> full speed running out of the gates. Um, the guards are like, what are you doing? And Ursula's like, I'll, I'll go after, her. I'll, I'll get her back. And so he runs out too. and the guards are like, what is happening right now? Um, again, three in the morning. Uh, but they basically make their escape into the Katsu. Um, I will say that Brennan has them do um, some constitution checks because they haven't slept. They haven't got a full night's sleep. And the travel to the shrine is a day and a half's journey. Um, so they're actually asked to make a roll. Suvi, um, either, I can't remember, there's a couple of rolls. I think at one point she's given advantage, and then another point Brennan says, you know what, you don't even have to roll. Because her military training, she would be used to this kind of like arduous travel. Uh, Ursulon has a rolls poorly and gets a point of exhaustion, actually. And as they go into the Ketsu, he's actually going to grab onto some of the Ketsu and try to commune with Orima. Uh, Orima is pissed, um, is like, who the heck are you? What's going on? Um, what's happened to Naram? Um, very much furious and angry. And Naram, uh, excuse me, Ursulon is like, uh, yeah, um, I couldn't do anything. There's nothing I could do. Like Ursulon was, was out of luck. Um, or it, the people were too powerful for me to help. And Orima's like, too powerful. Like, what do you think, what do you think I would do if, if, um, you know, if I got involved, so I was like, that's a good point. And Orma, Orma basically says, you know, I, I'm looking after, I'm going after Ame and I want you to bring me Wavebreaker, the sword as sort of like a, an apology for not doing anything. We cut back over to Ame who the Kutsu has grown over so much that it's blotted out the sunlight. And, um, it's around this time in the darkness that she hears these creeping, these creep, these creatures, essentially like these wooden dendrite-esque creatures that come up from the earth, from the Katsu. And she basically hands herself over to them, these minions of Orima who bind her and drag her off, presumably towards the shrine. Uh, and that is where we go to a quick ad break before coming back to the second half. Do you want to take it from there? Yeah. Um, you guys you couldn't hear it because I was muted, but my fire alarm started going off. That's why I got up at the, uh, during your segment there. It's no but. problem. And it's also coincidentally where I looked and realized I wasn't recording the recap. So. <laughs> nice. <laughs> really, really um, good at that. <clears throat> But yeah, so I it was a false alarm, but if it happens again, I, I apologize. I'll I'll mute as soon as I can. But yeah. All right, we pick back up um after the break with Suvi and Ursulon still just trekking through. <clears throat> and Ursulon actually asks for Suvi's staff uh to assist him as he's walking because he is just struggling. Um Suvi, in addition to this, also reaches into her pack and takes out some of this moss, which is seemingly like citadel like a ration or something yeah like it's like adderall or, or like speed yeah, yeah. or something she describes yeah. it as like something that can keep soldiers like going through long marches and stuff um <clears throat> or it at least has that placebo effect so ursulon tries some of that um and they keep going uh we cut back to ame who is communicating with the fox again um and he says you know he's waiting for her <clears throat> but when the fox finds out that she's being like dragged by these creatures, he like immediately is like, Oh, what the heck? And he's very upset and like takes off from wherever he is, presumably to where he thinks she's going. Um, we then cut back to Suvi and Ursulon. Um, oh, but before that, actually, uh, Brennan has Erica roll for pack integrity and she uh, loses an item. So this is some sort of mechanic, um, but she says she loses the seashells that she collected from that first coastal town they were in. Um, <clears throat> so cut back to Ursulon and Suvi. Again, Ursulon is just really struggling, but they actually run into the fox, and I think the fox is eating like a dead rabbit or something, and Ursulon is like, give me some of that. Um, so they both start eating. 
like a um, long decomposing rabbit. Yeah, or it, it was really <laughs> gross. But Ursulan was, you know, he was a bad yeah, at the point. <laughs> so they all group up, and at this point, they're going to make their way into one of these kudzu like thickets. Um, they make their way in, come to a shrine, and they basically, I think Brennan describes it as they've kind of passed through a doorway unknowingly, like through all this overgrowth. <clears throat> and it is indeed the shrine to Orima and uh, laid before it, before it is Ame's unconscious body. And Brennan lets her know that you've, she's essentially gotten a long rest um, as she's been placed here. Uh, and the fox immediately runs over and wakes her up. The group then begins communing with Orima essentially and Ame apologizes for everything that's happening to her and Aram and she just says she wants I want to speak for you in this conflict like can I be your your messenger and Orima accepts and she says <clears throat> Ame says that she will help set things right but please like in return could you spare the city the people like they didn't know what was going on they had nothing to do with this I'll, I'll teach them the ways. I'll remind them the ways. We will come and keep your shrine clean. But Oima isn't having it. And um, she is very angry, very upset. And she blasts Ursulan for being more human than Wild One at this point. And uh, she lets him know that you will never truly be human either. Like you're lost between these worlds and you've forgotten yourself. Uh, even citing specifically that he's lost his breath. And she asks, what have you put your breath into? And Ursulan shows her the pauldron that he got um, from Sir Curran. And kind of in the reflection of the pauldron, a scene can be seen of a young Ursulan and Sir Curran approaching him and giving him the pauldron. And Orima asks, like, what is this? Did you give your breath to this man? <clears throat> and Ursulan says, not the man, um, but what he was, uh, honor. And Orima finds this funny. She's known some wayward spirits in her time, but none that tied themselves uh, up in a knot quite like this. Uh, she does not envy him. Ame says that in her mind, there's no tension with what Ursulan's going, uh, going through uh, between the two worlds that he's a part of. He still treats the world of spirits with respect and he has honor. Um, and it's not something that you attain once honor. It's something you maintain in how you treat others. And Ame thinks that Ursulan lives this way. So he should still be able to walk the path of the spirits while doing so honorably. And Orima asks her, how many people do you know that have ever truly walked any path honorably? Uh, and she cites that Ursulan has woven a great spell. And although it might not strike your kind heart as just, woven it is all the same. <clears throat> In any case, you've come all this way with my husband's sword. Whatever, whatever binds him, it can cut but it can only be wielded by a spirit, only one who draws power from their breath. So Orima asks Ame to bring her into the world by taking the offering at the shrine and scattering it. And Ame's like, well, hey, if I do that, are you going to have mercy? <clears throat> and there's like an insight check that happens here, and she rolls pretty low. But Orima says that her goal is to free her husband. She bears no cruelty toward the innocent people of the town, but also no care for them as they have done nothing like to help Naram. She says she would not be a fool to make a promise to a witch she didn't intend to keep. Um, but so she says, again, my goal is not to harm them, but I am mighty. And so what harm comes to Port Talon as a result of this is not my desire, but it would be a just punishment. Um, <clears throat> and an interesting thing to note as this conversation is happening, uh, Suvi actually starts to speak during one of the breaks in conversation, but Orima just instantly continues as if not hearing her at all so uh orima says if you do not let me free then like i will not let you leave this place alive and that's where the episode ends uh again episode 10 of the wizard the witch and the wild one and if you would like to hear our full discussion it'll be linked down below Ooh, it's getting oh, good intense man yeah <clears throat> last two episodes have been really really good um Shame they're so short, hour and a half, but it's also very a lot more palatable too. But yeah, um, great episode for sure. Yeah, Where to start uh, a couple, a couple kind of like general things that we pretty much say every time. But shout out Taylor Moore for the sound design, especially for like 
the effects mm. on Brennan's voice as Orima and just the, the general atmosphere as always was so good. And, um, again, this is again, more of a general statement, so I'll just throw it out, but kind of on your point to it being shorter, um, that in conjunction with them still being level one, I just want to say that like, it's still been so compelling, so mm-hmm. interesting. Um, so I don't know if those are two separate ideas, the the shortness and the level one, maybe they are, but I'm combining them. Um, yeah. and just, just saying like how well done this is and how it doesn't matter. Like, like you can still have just as compelling and interesting a story at level one compared to level 20. You know, if you, right. if you play it right. And obviously somebody as masterful as Brennan is showcasing just that. So, um, you know, there's an interesting tiny little segue there though of, I'm so intrigued at, to see their character sheets because there's there's been some like really good roles that weren't nat twenties that I've also been like, man, what is their stat like their character stats mm-hmm. at level one to be hitting like twenty fours and twenty fives and yeah, I don't know. I, there was just <laughs> a moment where I was like, wow, that was a high roll, and then I've been thinking about it, and I've been thinking. Like how many high rolls have there been? Have there been a lot of high rolls? And I don't really know. Now it's something that now after the fact I'm noticing, but I don't know if it's true or not. But um, maybe for you guys who, I, I don't, would it be fair to assume everyone who listens plays D and D or probably? I mean, probably not. I'm sure a lot of people have at least some experience with it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I guess I'll just say like the higher level you are, um, typically it's, it goes without saying. The more you can do and um, your roles also typically get higher, your capacity to roll, um, which is why I think Will was pointing out that at level one, since you're so much more constrained, it'd be very easy for the story to feel very slow. Um, yeah. But yeah, it definitely has not been the case, for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> and, the, and the stakes feel real high. Um, yeah. And this kind of it makes sense to say this here. Um, one thing that um, Brennan made a point of, I think a couple different times during their, their after show, the fireside chat was that like, <clears throat> for, for instance, that moment with, um, the creatures that, that grabbed Ame and, and ended up dragging her back to the shrine. Uh, I believe Ame says like, uh, hail Naram or whatever it was. She right. says like the Naram mm-hmm. thing. And Brennan mm-hmm. said like in that moment, like that's what kept them from killing you. Like, <clears throat> instead of just attacking you there, they then decided to drag you back. And he made another point about like that whole conversation, which Erica played very well. Like they were on, they were teetering between like, why should Orima not just kill all of you right now? Um, So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying Brennan's lying, but on one hand, it's kind of easy to say that after the fact when like, is he really going to kill all of like TPK the party here? And like, we start the story over. Um, so I, I don't really know what I'm saying there, but I, I do believe him in that. Like that could have gone horribly, horribly wrong. Sure. Um, but yeah, just folding that back into making level one compelling. Um, yeah. <laughs> Cause also level one, we saw it early in the campaign, but it doesn't take much to knock you out. Like they hit, right. so your hit, hit points to zero, um, which now the party seems to maybe, I mean, I'm assuming they're going to talk themselves out of it, but possibly starting next episode with a little combat sesh, essentially with um, maybe Orima's guardians or something to that effect. I don't know. Um, either that or they're like, okay, just kidding. We'll help you. Um, but I don't know, know man. I don't, again they're level one so i mean i guess right. i guess orima herself since she needs to be brought through it's not like they'd be fighting her mm-hmm. so i guess you're right that they would just be fighting probably those creatures that that drug ame here um which now they do have all three of them but ursulan's exhausted um mm-hmm. and ursulan and subi haven't gotten a long rest which i don't know if they really use if they used subi, many things subi used magic missile 
fighting more uh, pain. Right. Uh, and then, because that was all still the same. Yeah, I guess it was, right? right? Yeah. And then did Ursulon use anything in that encounter? Or did he just... He used Lay on Hands. That's right. Um, and he's also used it on himself since then. So I'm assuming... Again, you don't have a lot of options at level one. I'm assuming Suvi has maybe a spell slot or two left. Uh, Ame's 100%. You know, she got her long rest, but... Mm-hmm. But yeah. It's not a good situation. I'll tell you that much. It's not. I don't see them. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I really don't know what they're going to do because I don't see Ame just letting her in the world without, Mm -hmm. without some sort of assurances. Mm -hmm. But I'll, and, but if that doesn't happen, I don't see them just like going their separate, like, let's say they, they say no combat ensues. They beat the, they beat the combat. Then what? Like, I don't see them just being like, well, we tried, like, see ya. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe then they just, maybe they re-enter the table of negotiations or something. Um, I guess I, thinking, I, like, what do you think is going to happen here? Well, it's like, what's the alternative? Like, surely this ends with them bringing Orama in under some kind of agreement, you know? Um, they're a day and a half's journey deep into the kutsu. I just feel like there's no realistic way for them to leave without Orama's blessing in some way. So in my mind, now I will say they're going to have to lean more into Ame to, to ferry that kind of favor than Suvi. Yeah. Um, I think Suvi is like one word away from getting killed. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Well, <clears throat> Put a pen in Suvi for just one sec, but don't let me forget. Like I want to talk about that. Okay. <clears throat> but yeah, I'm just, I'm trying to think of what, because if Orima gets let in, it seems like it's going to hit the fan, you know? And we also, uh-huh. like, she seems very, very powerful. So it also seems like if that happens, then it's not like all four of them are going to go together. I, I would imagine Orima kind of off screen is going to go right. do what she's going to do. And then we're going to kind of see the repercussions of that. Um, right. So, which I'm not saying that couldn't happen, but that would really set things off. So maybe it is some sort of compromise where like they won't let her in, but instead come to some sort of agreement where like, like you said, they have their, her blessing or something, but it would be hard to imagine Orima like conceding coming over. Um, no, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, she's stronger than Ursulon's dad. So I don't see how these group of level one nothings are going to... Uh, you make a good point. Yeah. I'm out. For that reason, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, and, know, what's, like, and what's crazy to think uh, on top of this is the Sword of the Citadel Steel is on route. And so, like, we could have this huge... Like, if Orima comes or, you know, like, there's just a lot going to be happening... In, in addition to that, we t- we know Steel said, Suvi, lock down, sit down, mm. don't do anything till I get there. And even if they somehow miraculously clear up this with Orima instantly and instantly head back, I don't know if they'd make it back before Steel got there. Because it's already been like a day and a half to get to the shrine. Oh, if it's another day and a half to get back yeah. on the fastest timetable, they still might not get there. And when Steel's oh. going to arrive... Mm. And see Suvi's gone and her door's been broken into. Like math. That was really good. I didn't put that together. That's a great point. Yeah. So it will have been three days by the time she makes it back. You're right. Unless Orma has some means to like bamf them back. True. You know, but. So a lot, a lot of, a lot of chaos could be about to just set off. Um, But on the Uh Suvi thing to, to cycle back to that now. Um, you know, you said w- one stray word, she might get murdered. What do you think was going on with, with her? It, it seemed more than just like Orima was ignoring her and cutting her off. It seemed like Orima couldn't hear her. Like almost as if Suvi was like magically shielded from being seen or heard as some mm. sort of protection, maybe. 
I don't, I don't know. How did you take possible. that? <clears throat> I think Abria like jokingly said, like, did she put me on mute? Um, which to me, you know, what's the, what the easiest, easiest explanation often is the explanation. Um, I know that has to be a saying, um, Occam's razor. Basically, thank like. you. Yes. <laughs> but it's a little worded a little differently, but basically that, yeah. um, you know, she is this petulant member of the Citadel that notoriously abuses spirits, the Citadel. Um, so I could see Orma having very little patience for her. Um, maybe there's some kind of like ward on her. I'd be really curious the means of that. Um, I think in general, I'm, I'm amazed at how, um, just risky Ibria is playing Suvi. Don't disagree with it, so to speak. I just, I just, I think it's a pretty wild. Um, and we've been saying for, se- or I've been saying for several episodes, I think there's, there's a find out kind of moment yeah. coming where, you know, she's throwing all this cloud around and it's gonna, there's something's going to happen there. Um, I think Abria is also aware of that and possibly inviting that from Brennan because it'd be a great development for her yeah. character. Um, so I don't, I don't think she's, I think, I think there's an interesting insight here, not to get too long winded with what we were just talking about, but sometimes we have that player at the table who um, is obnoxious, <laughs> who's like, oh, this is the demigod. I'll fight him. I'll kill yeah. him. One punch is all it'll take. And you're just like, ah. And then there's someone like Abria who has deep trust with Brennan. She's probably, I mean, Abria has created so many compelling characters, has probably thought like 10 steps further and is probably herself laying some of the real works. Yeah. Real works, the wrong word. Uh, road signs. Tracks. I don't know. Tracks. Thank you. <laughs> road signs. <laughs> <laughs> laying the, the tracks down inviting the dm uh, which which by the way is also isn't uncommon i've had players at my table who've been like hey here's some things that i would love to see happen in terms of their development yeah like in game and then they trust me to kind of create the process for um things that they're passionate about so that's my extremely long way of saying i don't know the means of what's happening i think there is something really interesting happening that could be leading to like a big character development for her yeah, I, I agree. I think that's uh, definitely one of the uh, her character flaws, if we can call it that kind of that 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 aspect of her. Right. Um, <clears throat> but and I I agree that the the simplest explanation here is that Orima did like say like talk to the hand like the adults are speaking type of thing. But I don't think that's the case, just because of like how how explicit Brennan described it. You know, like if, if it was just that, it would be very simple to explain that that's what happened. Like, or I cut you off. Like she doesn't care at all what you have to say. It was that like, you know, Brennan is so like eloquent with how he describes things, uh-huh. but like he even mentioned like, you know, in the normal flow of conversation, like there was a pause. And so you spoke, um, it wasn't like that. Like, or just kept going as if you never said anything at all. Um, so I don't know. I, <clears throat> and it could Go ahead. Go ahead. I, uh, I was just going to say, like, to the to that point of you saying, like, if she did just silence her because, like, this is the person of the Citadel that has, you know, caused her all of this trouble. Given how we've seen Orima react and as angry as she is, would she do that or would she, like, instantly try to kill this person? You know, like, I don't know if she would have the wherewithal to just be like silence. It'd be like, no, my minions kill that one right now. Like, this is part of the, the people that's trapping my husband well she knows there's she knows ami's a witch and she said something i don't remember what the line was but it was something like i know better than to like not hear a witch out or something like that it's maybe about like a respect for a witch or something yeah it was um i know better than to make a promise that i don't intend to keep to a witch yeah so i could maybe see like she's here with a witch so i'm not gonna like outright kill her it could also be if we're going the route of it's something unintentional. If it's not like a ward that's been put on or something that's been put on Abria on Suvi, 
Um, it could be, if you think about like the mechanics of how it happened, it was a connection spirit to spirit, Ursulon to Orima. And then Brennan said, if you're willing to kind of like lean in, the rest of you can also kind of hear her. Um, we know Ame had like a very um, ritualistic um, back and forth to connect with Orima. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's that Abria. It's just building on Brennan's comment that like, hey, you're from the Citadel. You know, you're so out of your depth. You don't know anything here. So although she can hear Orima, she doesn't know like how to connect the dots to actually speak to Orima. Like maybe mm. maybe something's happening there where she's just like the odd <clears throat> person out. I could see that. And uh, the, the only other thing I thought of is there is some sort of like ward, but like where would that have come from? And I was thinking maybe her father's ring or maybe um, I know she doesn't like have the cloak anymore because like they, you know, like Ursulan has his piece or whatever, but like maybe just something that her mother gave her that the necklace that she has, I think is from her mother. Um, So maybe some sort of innate protection that was woven into those items. Her parents gave her that like would automatically activate in the presence of like a great one that they know would, you know, could be very dangerous or something. Um, but, you know, in any case, I just thought that was, I thought that was really interesting and it felt like there was something more there to that moment. Um, so did they, did they talk about in the um, campfire chat, just her brazen <sighs> disrespect, like putting the flame in the brazer and she said, like, I want to make it like glow green, like the witch fire, like so openly disrespectful. Um, I can't. I can't remember. I don't think they spoke about that, but it's possible that I just don't recall. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> but yeah. Um, it's ballsy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, oh yeah. One last thing I put in my notes here about, about this Suvi thing was, uh, Orima explicitly comments on how Ursulan and Ame got here and doesn't mention Suvi at all. And what I'm referring to is she says like, one of you was drug here against your will, but you were, you were coming, like you wanted to come here. And one of you came here willingly, but didn't want to. Um, Right. But she doesn't say one of you is just the third wheel. It's like, yeah, she just doesn't even mention Suvi at all, which could be, didn't need to bring it up, but could also mean she doesn't see the third person. Like maybe she only sees two of them. That's Um, a pretty interesting and it would, if nothing else, it would explain the lack of, um, I guess, contempt for Suvi for doing the green witchfire illusion. Like, never saw it anyway. Yeah. Um, it's pretty interesting, for sure. Um, yeah. So, I know I, I stopped there for a while, but that, yeah, that's, that's all I had to say there. Um, yeah. <clears throat> well, so, the parties, so we don't know. It can go a number of ways. Well, a couple of ways, I guess, for this next episode. Um, they're a day and a half out from Bort Talon. It does still seem like Ame's vision could still be a, a vision of the future for what could happen. And, I feel like it has to, had to be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What else is top of mind for you? This, um, this breath conversation... Is yeah. this the first we've heard that terminology? I think so, for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> so just it's super interesting because I it, is it all metaphorical or is there some like actualization with this? Like, because she said that only a spirit that like draws power from its breath can wield Wavebreaker. So maybe it's like their yeah their breath like is maybe their like spirit or like their their soul or whatever you want to call right. it. Um, but it's interesting that they spoke about like putting it into things. And for Ursulon, it was the pauldron, AKA like his concept of honor that he wants. Um, but does it mean that it's literally in the pauldron? I don't know. Like, is it enchanted now? That's something I was wondering. It does seem to be special. Like, I don't know if, if the, the fact that like that scene played out in it was just, you know, flair for the, scene or if if it was like implying that the pauldron is magical or enchanted in some way um i can't remember um 
I didn't actually, I didn't draw this connection, but uh, I'm trying to remember where I saw it, if it was on like Twitter or, or, um, or wherever, but somebody uh, drew the comparison to something the, the pilgrim under the stars said when he first showed up, it was, and again, I'm not looking at it, but it was something to the effect of I've held my breath since like the first moment of the world or something, which you know, even without this context kind of makes sense. Like, okay, what, okay. But now that makes like, seems to have some new context with like, uh, this new meaning to breath that we have here, which spirits can die. Right. I mean, I don't know. Seems like, I mean, at least mechanically, it seems like Ursulon could die, but I guess we don't know what necessarily that means. Um, but the pilgrim under the stars is seemingly very powerful, very old. So like maybe held his breath means like he somehow like kept his breath secluded or safe or something. And that's how he's like so ancient and so powerful. Well, or maybe it's even more like, uh, showboating than that in the sense of like, Warma asked like, where did you put your breath? Like maybe most spirits put their breath somewhere like hidden and that is like a source of their power, but here's the pilgrim under the stars, the king of night, saying, I've kept it. I have it. Um, I mean, I don't know, but that's a really great insight from whoever that was, though. I love that. Because yeah. I remember back when he said that, I thought, that's an interesting way to say that. So, Yeah, for sure. So I don't. I guess I don't really have much more to say on it, but I just thought it was interesting, and I'm curious to see how that how that develops yep. with the breath. Um, is it, is it something you can lose and right. like not die, you know? Right. Uh, one other detail was I definitely underplayed in my mind how the kutsu, like Brennan describing it being 40, 50, 60 feet tall in some yeah. places, and like Ame being in total darkness. Like I think he said it called, it called it like darker than even night itself at some point. Um, which is pretty wild when you think about it. Like I, I definitely envision like, Oh, there's these weeds growing into, and also <laughs> like the outer wasteland outside of Port Talon. I am shocked that guild mage Moro is like, Oh yeah, I, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's gotta be like a denial at this point for how awful it is. Yeah. He's, he seems so oblivious, but <clears throat> Maybe, I I guess it's just like a, a representative of his intense focus on what he's doing, or maybe he is just kind of a, you know, an oblivious kind of dude. Um, yeah. I was looking at my notes here to see, um, I thought I wrote something else, wrote something else about the kutsu, but anyway, continue. I, I don't see. Um, yeah. Just kind of in that same vein, I was just thinking like <laughs> Ursulon, Got like toasted, pretty drunk, stumbling out, is making his way home at 3 a.m. And then if, and then basically immediately launches on a one and a half day trek through like arduous terrain, like very right. crazy terrain. Like he's got to be like almost not not like the brink of death, but like got to be rough, you know, like I can't even imagine like, you know, you're super hung over and you have to go on a two day hike. Bro, um, I have a glass of wine at night and go to bed and I feel bad the yeah. next day. I mean, <laughs> yeah, this guy for sure. A hundred percent. So, you know, citing back to if they do have some sort of combat here, like, again, I don't, it's not like I, I, it's not like I think that Brennan like is, is playing with oven mitts on and like wouldn't kill the party if it like, if that's how the dice landed and that's how their decisions led them. But also like, I don't, surely he's not like, he's obviously not setting out to do that. So I'm just thinking like, man, if they do get into a combat, like, can they, are they going to die? I think I would be less surprised compared to like Matt Mercer. I don't think Matt Mercer like pulls punches, so to speak. Um, but knowing the reputation that Brennan has just conversations around like crown of candy, which I think that per, it leads itself to that in the sense of like game of Thrones being very bloodthirsty anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a bit of a bias, I think, but I, 
All I'm saying is, I, even though it's called the Wizard, the Witch, and the Wild one, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't put it past Brennan to allow something like that to happen for sure. Now, yeah. What did yeah. that do? What did that do for the branding of it? Like the Wild one died. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, I don't know, but I don't know. <clears throat> yeah. So, just sounds miserable that whole experience that. Ursulon yeah. is going through right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> but <clears throat> I'm tired. Also, I mean, we already kind of talked about it, but uh, Orima was just terrifying due to the sound design and just Brennan played mm-hmm. it so well. Um, there was one line in particular, I think, where like, I, I can't remember exactly what it was. I think it was about like Ame teaching the, 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 the townspeople like how teaching them the ways and like teaching them to take care of the shrine and stuff being like, you know, it's not their fault. Like they just like forgot they lost their way. And like, or screams like, and whose fault is that? Like, it's still their fault that it got to that point. Um, <clears throat> you know, very, very reminiscent of, uh, um, Asmodeus kind of in, in yeah. calamity, uh, which another parallel was the whole, like needing to be brought into the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know if that's if Brennan like drew any inspiration for that um, or, you know, knew it was aware of the own parallels when he was kind of developing this, but I thought that was really interesting. Um, or he must scary, I guess, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, um, what else? This is kind of a smaller moment um, and it's two separate moments, but I really like, <clears throat> the uh, the bond between the three main characters, which obviously they grew up together, they have a history, they of course all like love each other, but they also have just kind of re-met up and are and are, are realizing like differences in their worldviews and there's been some friction. Mm-hmm. Um but there were two moments when it came down to it, they both like they they had each other's backs and that was really cool to see. Um and the two moments I'm talking about is um Suvi basically saying, uh, I'll burn this entire place down for Ursulon. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was when uh he was talking to the the kudzu and like mm-hmm. started strangling him or something. Um and similarly, uh Ursulon telling Orima when he was having that conversation that like you take my life, just please leave right. Ame like just please let Ame be okay. Um which this doesn't surprise me that they would like be there for each other like that, but it was just cool to see um, that, you know, when, say, when it gets down to it, it yeah. they're more concerned with each other, I think, than their worldviews. I still think there's weird energy between Ame and Suvi. Like almost. Oh, de- definitely. Like, well, I'm just like, what does Suvi ultimately have against Ame? Which is one thing I haven't quite figured out. I haven't quite put it together like where that's rooted in um because suvi threatens to burn the place down for ursulon um ursulon offers himself up for ame but suvi knowing how precious ame's responsibility is to tend and keep the spirits shrines does the witch fire illusion in the offering bowl which I think it's not just a huge disrespect to Orima. I think it's also a willing, she probably wasn't thinking in the moment, like looking at Ame, but you know, if it was like, Hey, this is my favorite restaurant. And then you had a bad experience and like started like smashing stuff and you set it on fire. Yeah. You know, I'd be like, Hey man, I really like that place. So, (laughs) you know, I just don't know. I just, I think there's, I think, I think she has like really some, I don't know. It's just weird energy. So I keep coming back to so I'm curious to see that keep, and also just them having had butted heads. Well, Suvi having a problem with Ame multiple times, you know, don't speak to me like that in front of other people and don't challenge me and all this kind of stuff. So right. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, I think that's one of the most interesting dynamics in the show so mm-hmm. far. So I, <clears throat> I'm interested to see that continue to shape up. But I feel like, and I mean, I have no basis in saying this, but I feel like, you know, it just so happened to be that it was Suvi, Ursulon, Ursulon, Ame. I feel like if similarly, 
if if Ame had been the one being like on death's door or you know i feel like they would have stood up for each other but i mean i guess maybe we don't know i, mean, I don't Even... think she was gonna be like if she dies she dies <laughs> right she, right yeah, i don't think gonna do that i just i just know i just i i think there's very much a yin and yang type mm. of like anytime ursulon talks about defaulting to bear or he did something this episode and i can't remember what he said he said something like that was so stupid of me and uh abria described suvi like cupping his face and being like you're not stupid like very sweet yeah. um i just i don't see that same intentionality with ame uh, and for the listeners to be clear i'm talking explicitly suvi and ame of course not implying anything about their the actors obviously right. um but i don't know yeah, I mean, we obviously don't know where the direction of this overarching story is going to go, but it really seems like they kind of represent two like main ideologies of the world and how those are kind of butting heads, like the spirit world versus yeah. the, the yeah. material world. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So I like the kind of microcosm in the Suvi-Ame relationship. Um, and I mean, it only I guess we don't know like what we might find out and how that might affect how we view things. And it's not black and white, obviously, but it does seem to does seem to be that it's Suvi that's going to have the character arc of coming over to Ame's side and not the other way around. Um, 100%. But it would be crazy if it was the other way around. But I really I don't see that happening. Yeah, no, um, I think I think Abria has really created some interesting an interesting canvas for mm. Brennan to like collaboratively like I think I think this is like it's so stupid to like make a claim like this but I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of this campaign if the Suvi we know is night and day different not like a different person literally but um that it really excites me honestly I mean Abria is giving us really compelling content to talk about and wonder about and yeah. it creates the opportunity for and obviously the other characters um are doing the same, but, um, I think I'm, I'm just excited to see where it goes for sure. Yeah, me too. Definitely one of the, the most interesting character arcs currently in the, uh, in the campaign is to see what, what, what happens there in that relationship between the two of them, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, question for you that I can't remember <clears throat> when, I don't remember which conversation it was in, but it was basically when Orima found out Ame was a witch. Was there any mention of Grandmother Rin? Was it like in regards to how they got Wavebreaker or how, or, or just ever? There was something about Wavebreaker. Um, when they were talking about the sword, she said something like she was describing it. And she said something that made me think of Grandmother Rin. I don't know if she said it was lost or taken or something, but... Because I, I, I can't, I'm a, I don't think what I'm thinking, I don't think happened because I think it would have been like more explicit and I would have definitely remembered, but I was trying to just think of if Orima had any reaction or recognition to the grandmother Ren name. And that's what kind of yeah, softened know. for lack of a better word, just because yeah. this is something I think we talked about in our, our last episode, but just wondering if there is any connection between mm -hmm. like Ren right. and what's Naram and what's going on with Orima. Um, it was interesting to find out um, that Waybreaker can only be wielded by a spirit and yeah. the breath. Cause we were wondering like, why couldn't Gallows figure out like this, what, what he had. Um, Makes but, perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Cause but then, then, yeah, we were like, what's the deal with this? But, but so it's interesting that Rin had it, you know, since, and I mean, not that, Witches can't have artifacts and cool items. Of course they can. But um, I don't know. It's just interesting that she had it since. I don't know. You, I, I don't know. Like <clears throat> it's because it's not as if she could have wielded it to break curses. Seemingly. Certainly as a witch, she would know the value of a spiritual weapon. Right. And I'm sure she did. But I'm just curious. Like, And I mean, maybe it was to keep it out of. Maybe she got it from somebody whose hands it shouldn't have been in. And it's not her purview to go now find a new wielder for it. So she just right. kept it type of thing. Um, 
And I guess we don't truly know the relationship between Rin and spirits. I mean, obviously witches care after shrines and stuff, but it's probably not fair to say that they're all like, they're all buddy, buddy or anything, you know? So I don't know. It was just, it was just interesting to, to think about is how she got that. But yeah, I was more curious on if, if Orima seemed to have any personal reaction to Rin, but I can't even remember if Rin was brought up. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I thought about, I, it feels like you're talking about something I remember, but I don't quite remember what. Yeah. I don't know what I'm like uh, connecting to. It might've been something even from a previous episode. Um, But so they have Wavebreaker given whatever happens with the Orima microcosm seemingly unless it's going to take a process of like Ursulon one either getting his breath like if that's something he like maybe Ursulon can't properly wield Wavebreaker because of his breath situation in which case we've kind of moved the the finish line the finish line a bit further to figuring out what's going on with Ame which that would make sense but if not and he can wield it could in addition to this whole Naram story thread could we start inst- immediately getting whatever the heck's going on with Ame and Rin? And if that is at all loosey goosey connected to Steel, who's about to show up, like, could any of those thing. things? Yeah. It'd be interesting if, like, current problem is solved. Now let's deal with those memories. Whoosh, and then Steel's right there yeah. as the. So we've talked about it. Yeah. The yeah. Steel I, have something to do with this, you know? I still. I mean, I don't, I don't really want to like make a declaration at this point. It's still so early, but I would say that I'm leaning towards steel. There's more to steel than we are aware of, whether that means she's like a bad guy, not saying that, but like, there's more there. I don't think it feels too early in the story to reveal that to me. Cause I feel, that feels like a, like a big thing, which mm. doesn't mean it can't happen. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I, I guess for my money, I would almost kind of think that maybe Ursulon doesn't have the ability to wield Wavebreaker properly. But if that's the case, then Orima is going to basically be like, I have to come through. You guys aren't capable of freeing Naram. Like, I'm the only one that can wield Wavebreaker. And I don't really see that happening. So I don't see her necessarily needing Wavebreaker either, though. That's true. <clears throat> but she did I mean, explicitly say that yeah. it could like free him. But yeah, right. she, I mean, seems like she would, there's probably would other like, ways to she do it. be like, you're coming with me, you know, yeah. continuing to use them for that effect. But I don't, I don't necessarily see her being like, uh, I'll take that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, Oh, can we, Very can we use it first? <laughs> we have a soul stone. Thank you. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> Awkward. So, anyway, all right. Uh, anything else from this episode? Um, let me look through real quick. But yeah, just in general, I I guess I have no idea what's about to happen. Like which direction <laughs> things are going to go yeah. here. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. I think I think we covered the 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 big things I wanted to talk about. Okay. Well, you guys, let us know what else jumped out at you or other thoughts you have about this episode in the comments and uh don't forget we do have a youtube a youtube channel <laughs> obviously you're there <laughs> we do have a discord um where we talk about the latest episode talk about a lot of D content um so you're welcome to join us and everybody's welcome whether you're you know new to this kind of content or not feel free to join the discord and join that conversation with us um and then next up, like I mentioned, we have Diablo coming up, but then the next CR episode, which we got to talk about too, um, here in the near future. So anything else you want to add? Um, if anybody, um, if anybody's listened to the, the, it's not fair to call it a one shot, but the, the, the state, the, the, the fair, yeah. the, the fair mini game that Erica is running, let me know your thoughts on it. I definitely plan on, on listening to it. I haven't yet. I thought it was a one episode thing, but they just released the second episode. So I'm curious how many episodes right. it's actually going to be. Um, so yeah, for anybody that's, that's listened to that, obviously without spoilers, uh, mm. come let me know how it is, what you think. And uh, like Blake mentioned, come do that in the discord. If you, 
if you want to have a more fluid conversation than just YouTube comments. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I was looking for a makeshift blindfold for our thumbnail. Blindfold for what? It's, well, because Ame gets blindfolded. Oh, oh, oh. You know, it was okay. kind of a big detail for the episode. <laughs> we could do something else. That's cool. <laughs> no, I mean, liked it. I just couldn't remember the blindfold oh, no, moment, yeah, but it, I'm with you now. It's stupid. <clears throat> Whatever. Um, um, I have a big tree person costume I could put on. But <laughs> <laughs> would yeah. that would that be better for you? <laughs> um, so, hmm. Little rain jacket. Hang on. You know, we, we can, can make rain that up. storm like pass through real quick. I don't know if it's still raining at your house, but it, like rain for like two uh, seconds here. So I can do like a little makeshift, uh, you know. Little makeshift. This is the content you guys are here for, you know, like a little. <laughs> How's okay. this? Okay, hold on. I'm I'm joining you, sort of. Okay. I'm gonna be doing right. a witchfire veil. Okay. No one's gonna know what what the heck I'm doing at all. This is why we don't have jobs, guys. So you can't ever threaten our bosses. <laughs> you know. All right, you ready? Yep. Yep. <laughs> nice. Nailed it, as usual. <clears throat> yes, sir. Alrighty, y'all. Well, as always, thank you for uh, joining us. And, um, you know, we got we got the new episode tomorrow, so I don't know when. Hopefully we'll be talking about it soon. But, uh, yeah, excited to see what the heck happens from here. All right. That's all I got. See, ya. <laughs> <laughs> see you later. Bye, y'all. <laughs>